That's a party, right? You guys ready for that? Man, next Sunday is going to be absolutely incredible. Online family, we're so glad you're joining us. In the room, you guys are exciting today. It feels good at New Heart Church. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but yeah, next Sunday is going to be huge. New Heart Church, if there's one thing about us, is we like a good party. So make sure you come ready. It's going to be awesome. I also love, this is part of our culture, but we celebrate and we honor. And so next Sunday is going to be a, an exciting privilege for all of us to come together as a church and honor our pastors because they're the best. Um, super grateful for them. Uh, in fact, our pastor, Pastor Ben, is actually preaching in Austin, Texas this morning with Shoreline Church. Shoreline Church is family to us. Pastor Ben, we're praying for you. We love you. We can't wait to have him back next week. Um, but I get the honor of sharing on their behalf this morning. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fun. Um, but you guys heard all this in the announcements, but there's some good things happening in New Heart Church right now. And one of those things is summer camp starts tomorrow. And so... Uh, Yes, that's right. It's going to be an incredible, life-changing experience for our teenagers and our leaders that are going to serve. We cannot wait to hear the stories. Um, it's going to be a really, really, really powerful week. So church, make sure you're praying with us. This is something our teens are doing, but we're going there as a church. So make sure that you're joining us in prayer throughout this week because we know that God is going to change some teens' lives forever, and that is no small thing. Amen? We're excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, my name is Carissa. If you're new to the church, I'm so glad you're here. My husband Randall and I, uh, Randall was playing the bass this morning. He was the cutie on the bass guitar. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been at New Heart Church for about 11 years, and it really has been the gift of our life to be planted in a church family that um, sees you, knows you, prays with you. 11 years of life, and there have been things that we've begged heaven for, that we have felt our church family behind us, and most importantly to our pastors, just holding us up when we want to fall down and encouraging us. And so if you've been looking for a family, you're in the right place this morning. God brought you here on purpose. It's no mistake that you're in the room. It's no mistake that you're online, wherever you're at right now, in your room, in your car, listening to this somewhere. God sees you. Your church family's praying for you, and we know that God has a word for all of us. It's going to be awesome. Um, and if you didn't catch the last two weeks, our pastor preached this little mini-series called um, I Walked Into That One. Make sure you go on YouTube like 911 and watch those two sermons because our pastor preached some incredible, incredible messages. And, and if you were here and you listened to them, go back and re-listen because uh, they're ones that I'm going to be listening to for a long, long time. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to share. I'm honored to share. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's pray. That sounds like a good idea. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this church. God, thank you for this moment, just to keep our focus and our attention on you, whatever we walked in with today, in this moment, Father, we just exhale and we let go of that, and we just invite you into this place, Lord, that you would speak to every single one of our hearts. God, we're ready to hear from heaven, and so, Father, we just pray that none of us would leave here the same today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Um, so a foundational piece of New Heart Church is that we're owners, not renters, and I love this. The minute I came to this church when I was 20 years old, um, God spoke to that straight to my soul. When Pastor Ben and Jess started saying, like, hey, in this church, we see a church of owners, not renters, something shifted in my heart and in my mind. You know, I was 20, and I was looking for the next adventure, but that put me in, like, a full stop. Because I had gone to church my whole life, but I, I thought church was just something you attended. I didn't really know it could be something that you belonged to. I didn't really know it could be something that you owned. And when they started casting that vision and speaking that over my life, it just resonated. You know when you hear something true 
and you're like, yes, like that's like water to my soul. I needed to hear that. That's exactly what happened in my life when I started to hear this, and that's still true today. This is who we are. It's the foundation of our culture and how we operate, but I love that because what happens when you become an owner is you have value, right? When you own something, it immediately changes the value of it, right? Um, and I think as humans, you and I would say, like, we want to know that we have value. And so I'm grateful that our church is the kind of church that says you have value. You have a part to play. You are important. God sees you and we need you. And that's what I love about our culture is at New Heart Church is we're not going to stop. Because there's so many more people who need to know that they have value. There's too many people walking around right now that are checked out, that feel like they don't have purpose or they don't have value. And as a church, we're going to rise up and invite them in and say, no, 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 God has called you. You belong here. You have value. You are an owner. I love that that's the heart of our pastors. But you know what's amazing about this is that is, you know, from their heart. But they got that word from heaven. And it's not just Pastor Ben and Pastor Jess's idea. That's God's idea. God is the one who placed value on each and every one of us. And that value is literally what changed everything for us. And I, I want to read today from um, John chapter 11 um, in just a minute. And we're going to read a good chunk. So just roll with me, okay? I'm going to go quick. I'm going to read it fast. It's going to feel like real fast, I promise. But, but it, it, it's going to be a good chunk that we're going to read. But this story is amazing. It's the story of, of Lazarus rising. And every time I read it, I just think it's awesome. Um, so if you've heard it before, I just want to encourage everyone right now in the room and online, don't tune out. Let's look at this with fresh eyes. And if you've never heard it before, get ready because it's bonkers. It's the craziest story. I think it's so cool. And this is actually in the Bible, which is amazing. Um, and so let's read it together. You guys ready? John chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. We love Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Um, that's a really great story too. You should totally check it out. Her brother Lazarus was sick. Um, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. So Lazarus was a really good friend of God, of Jesus. And so Jesus wanted to know this information, right? So Mary and Martha reached out and they're like, hey, your friend is sick. You guys wanna know this. And then when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Interesting. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected, which I love the disciples. They're everything. Um, he was like, Rabbi, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Great question. Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of the world. I'm sure his disciples were like, but you're going to die. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. True. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. I love the disciples. It's awesome. They're like, hey, if he's sleeping, he's going to get better soon. This is great. You know, like Jesus, let him sleep. They just didn't, they didn't quite get it. I'm in the same boat as them. I'd be like, well, hey, my mom always told me to sleep when I'm sick. This is great. Um, they thought Jesus meant he was just sleeping, but Jesus meant that Lazarus has died. So, of course, Jesus just had to tell them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you'll really believe me. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Hilarious. Um, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Uh, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. 
Um, many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. Ooh, that's heavy, right? But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher's here. He wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. And Jesus had stayed outside the village um, at the place where Martha met him. So when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they just assumed that she was going to go to Lazarus' grave. Um, And so when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing, and a deep anger welled up within him. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Imagine being Jesus and knowing your friend has died. And you're hearing all these people chatter behind you. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, it's going to be stinky. It's been four days. That's my version. Lord, it's been dead for four days. The smell is going to be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So the title of today's message is Unwrap the Miracle. And I was praying through this scripture, and as I read it, I just kept praying through it, and I was just in awe of what I felt like God was telling me. I was in awe of this story. You know, Jesus' friend had died, and, and he went to go see Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and, and Mary and Martha are like, Jesus, we love you, but if only you had been here. And Jesus is like, where is he? Take me to him. And when he gets there to the tomb, he asked them to move the stone. Move the stone. And what I love about this, when you think about being an owner and you think about value, this in this moment was Jesus giving those people there an opportunity to put their hands on a miracle. I, I, I feel like Jesus probably could have snapped his fingers and the stone would have moved. But instead, he said, move the stone. He asked them to put their hands on that stone and move it out of the way. And I just got to thinking and I was like, man, what is God asking you to move out of the way right now? What have you gotten so comfortable with that you've co-signed to, that you've subscribed to, that you've just decided is gonna be that way forever, but God is saying, no, on the other side of that thing is your miracle. Move the stone out of the way. What addiction is God asking you to move out of the way? What heartache is God asking you to move out of the way? The bitterness that you've lived with for too long, God is saying, move that stone out of the way. There's a miracle waiting inside that cave. Move the stone out of the way. What sickness is keeping you locked up inside right now. And God is saying, move the stone. Move the stone. These people showed up to a cemetery to grieve their lost friend. They did not expect 
that this was happening. And it just reminded me again and again that when God gets involved, ordinary moments become extraordinary. Ordinary moments become spectacular. Miracle moments happen in this very normal, heartbreaking moment. They showed up to to weep and to cry. And God said, move the stone. And I just started thinking for you and me, man, there's so many things that I think keep us from just stepping up and moving something out of the way. But how amazing is it that our God just says, I wanna invite you into this miracle moment. I don't wanna just do this miracle and you not participate in it. I'd like for you to be able to participate in this miracle moment. And so he said, move the stone. I feel like you and I would all say, if we, if we had a chance to get our hands on a miracle, we'd say yes. If you had a chance to get your hands on the scenario and see this miracle come to life, we would all say yes, absolutely. And I just feel like there might be too many things in the normal that just keep us stuck. You know, her first response was like, it's going to smell so bad. You know, logic, yes, like, that's probably very true. And it just reminded me of, like, the fears that I have that keep me from being bolder than I probably could be. You know when you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to your core and, and you feel it, but you get a little nervous because what is somebody going to think? What is somebody going to say? Is this going to, am, am I actually hearing from God or not? But I just feel like in that moment, the boldness to say, no, God, I believe you. You are good no matter what. You are good. You are faithful. So I'm going to move that stone out of the way no matter what the outcome is. Jesus didn't tell him yet that he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He just asked him to move the stone. And sometimes we just need to take that first step and go all in and say, yes, here I am. Okay, I'm going to move. I'm not going to stay this way any longer. Um, John chapter 11, uh, verse 41, we just read this whole chapter, but it says, they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people so that they will believe you sent me here. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. I think when it comes to unwrapping the miracle, the next thing that I just, I feel like we got to get a little bit more comfortable with is shout it out loud. Shout it out loud. This is the reason why we're a church on mission to make every story matter because we know that there's power in your testimony. We know that there's power in you sharing your story because there might be someone next to you who feels alone, who feels like there's nobody who's gonna understand but what they don't know is that your story on the inside of you, the living proof that God is faithful and he's seen you through is the very thing that's gonna encourage them to keep going and to have hope when they wanna give up. There is power when you shout it out loud. Something changes. You know, God, I love what Jesus said. He was like, Hey, God, I know you hear me all the time, but I'm going to say it out loud right now for all these people. Can you imagine standing in that crowd with this happening? I, I, can't, I can't imagine what I would be thinking in that moment. Like, what in the world is about to go down? Like, this is going to be the, you know, and it was unbelievable. It was a miracle. And Jesus gave them an opportunity to embrace that fully because he said it out loud for everyone to hear And I think that there's too many things that have kept us quiet. Feeling inadequate, your insecurities, or feeling like, well, this would be totally shocking because I'm really not that kind of person. I don't normally speak up and say anything, so it's not really my brand. (laughs) Somebody might think it's weird, or, you know, it's it's the fear that, like, it's it's just not going to hit right. Or I don't know if you're like me, but I overthink everything. So sometimes when I think, I'm going to go encourage that person today, then I start thinking, well, what if they take it weird? What What if they take my encouragement and it turns into something horrible? You know, but, like, why are we stuck 
Why are we stuck? Some of us need to go home today and pray something out loud over our spouses. Some of us need to go home today and pray something out loud over our kids. I know my daughter, she's three years old and we pray every night with her before bed. She loves it. She loves to pray too. Um, it's rogue. It's usually about her favorite toy or God loves it. Um, but I remember one time I was praying over her and I started praying in like my spirit language and she just died laughing. She thought it was hilarious. We're still praying for her. And I felt ridiculous. I did. I was like, well, my three-year-old thinks I'm a comedy, you know. But, but Randall and I have been challenging ourselves at home. She needs to hear us pray. She needs to hear her mom and dad pray out loud when our friends ask us for prayer. She needs to see us stop and pray out loud together for those people. She needs us to pray over her so that when she needs it, she has the example for it. Same in our marriage. And this is hilarious because Randall and I do get mad at each other. But something changes when we stop and we pray for each other out loud. The room changes. The first couple of times we were standing in our kitchen and I was so angry. The tension was high. The whole atmosphere changes when you start praying together and when you start speaking those things out loud. And I just, I'm not perfect at it. Randall and I would be the first ones to tell you we don't do it this great all the time. But we're determined to fight that feeling that says, no, just stay quiet. No, stay angry. No, you don't need to stop and do that right now. I'm determined to push through that barrier because I don't want to live my life locked up. I want to live my life free, just like Jesus said. We could be abundantly free. That's his promise to us. He wants us to live free, not just barely free, abundantly free. And that happens, I think, when we start getting things out of our head and out loud and we start praying and believing. So what is the dream that's in your heart that you haven't said out loud yet? What is the dream that you need to write down on a piece of paper? What is the thing that you need to go home today and just share with your spouse and say, you know what, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think we should share it with somebody because we're gonna be praying for this as a family. What is that thing that God is saying? You've thought about this for too long. It's time now to turn it into a prayer. It's time now to say it out loud. It's time now to move that stone. It's time now to let it out. What I'm not, I'm not saying it's not real if you don't say it out loud. I want you to hear me. I'm not saying that. But I am saying I think there's a freedom and a release that comes when you share that with somebody you trust. When you share that with the people in who, your world who are going to be devoted to praying for you and cheering you on and celebrating you. Because let's be honest, things don't always work out the way we're praying. Things don't always work out the way we hope. But this is why it's important, in my opinion, to say it out loud and share it with people you trust because when, when you are down and out, they're right there to pick you back up and remind you that God is faithful no matter what we see right now on this side of heaven. God is faithful, and if it's not good right now, he's not done yet. Let's be bold. Let's share. Let's not keep it locked up. Let's open that door and invite God into those moments. I think we're going to see miraculous things happen when we can do that. Just like they did in this moment, Jesus, God, I know you hear me all the time, but I'm going to say it right now. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man walked out. I can only imagine what everybody there was like, oh, my word, you are Jesus. You know, like, just absolutely in awe of what they just witnessed, of what they just saw. And what I love at the very end of this scripture is when Lazarus walks out, Jesus says, unwrap him. Unwrap him. 
And I, I, I picture what Mary and Martha were probably feeling, and it just it, it makes me emotional because I think about those were the clothes they wrapped their brother in to die because he was dead. Those were the clothes that, that the last time they saw him and would ever see him, that he was put in to be in his tomb. And Jesus said, unwrap him. And I just picturing them unwrapping him layer by layer and just being overcome with how faithful and good God is, being overcome with this miracle happening right in front of them as, as they just kept unwrapping and unwrapping and unwrapping and God was saying, I am faithful till the end. God was saying, I told you to move that stone. God was saying, unwrap the miracle. We're gonna say this out loud. Lazarus is not dead. He will not die. I am the resurrection and the life. Anybody who comes to me will live. And I can just imagine the feeling in that moment of this seemed impossible, but here he is living proof, unwrapped in front of us right here and right now. All that insecurity that we had wrapped up tight, all that doubt that we had wrapped up tight, all the reasons why we think it should be this way and not that way, wrapped up real tight. And God was saying, unwrap that thought, unwrap that sickness, unwrap that depression, unwrap that anxiety, unwrap that thing that's keeping you locked up and in the grave, unwrap that because it doesn't belong on you anymore. I raised you from that. You need to come out of the tomb and live. This is what I've called you to. What in our lives in this moment is God saying, unwrap it? What in this moment is God saying, doesn't look right on you anymore? Those are grave clothes. What in this moment is God saying, listen, you've been praying for it, you've been believing for it, it's time to shout it out. Let's get up and let's shout it out because I'm about to do something but I need you to shout it out. This is the moment to never give up and never give in because it might look like death but I am saying right now that God is not done yet. He sees you right where you're at right what you're believing for. That thing that you think nobody knows, he sees and he is saying right now, get up, don't give in. There's hope and his name is Jesus. Would you guys stand with me? We're gonna pray in just a minute. We're gonna worship as a church, but as I read through this scripture, the thing that I can't get out of my mind is the goodness of our God, his faithfulness, his grace, his mercy. In the moments to us that look like there's not a solution, the moments to us that look like there's no way, the moments to us that look like this is what the doctor's report said, so that is final, our God says no way, no way. I have a different plan, I have a different plan. And so I need, we need to get our eyes on heaven right now. And we're gonna believe with everything that we have and we're gonna unwrap the grave clothes and we're gonna stand in faith and we're gonna hold the person's hand next to us and we're gonna say, we're not backing down because our God is good and he has not let go. And he sees us in every moment and every circumstance. We're not gonna get tired. And as your church family, we're saying right now, we're gonna stand with you too. I know each of us have a story and each of us have things that we're walking with. Each of us have different things we're believing for. And I just want you to know there is nobody who can give you peace and comfort like our God. There is nobody who can give you peace like him. There's nobody who can give you joy like him. The kind of joy that can't be shaken, the kind of joy that looks in the face of disaster and you still got something in there that says we can get through this. That's the kind of joy I'm talking about. The joy from heaven, the joy from our God. Only God. 
So as we worship, I just want us to be thanking through that and believing that. I don't know what it is for you, but what is the thing that God is asking you to move out of the way? What is the thing that God is asking you to shout out loud? What is the thing that God is asking you to unwrap? Let's go there as a church family. Let's go there together. Let's worship God with everything that we have in this moment. Let's not leave this moment still wrapped up in grave clothes. Let's leave this moment free. And so God, I pray right now for every single person in this room. Lord, I pray for every story and every detail and every dream, every sickness that people are praying for and believing for a miracle. God, right now in this moment, we declare with faith, God, we know that you know every detail. We know that you are healer. We know that you are freedom. We know that you are grace. We know that you are the living, true God. And so in this moment, Father, I'm asking that every single person under the sound of my voice would be reminded again that you are faithful to the end. And so God, I pray that as we worship in this moment, Father, that we would just feel free to surrender everything that we've kept locked up so tight. God, we're so thankful for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's worship.